Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry. We're sharing stories and insights of real people living out God's love for the people He's created. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks so much for joining us for this special episode of Friends for Life. I'm your host, Steph Nugebauer. This is a first for our show. I have two guests with me today, my dear friends, Tim and Rebecca Janke. I'll let them introduce themselves in a second, but first I want to introduce the series called Friends in Real Life. This series will show up occasionally throughout our regular season. There'll be episodes that will tell real stories of real life issues from the perspective of real people living them currently or having gone through them before. This story is extra special because we're coming in in the middle of it. This is a story of a family currently on their journey through the process of adoption. And to make this first one in our Friends in Real Life series even better, we actually really are good friends in real life. I was in Tim and Rebecca's wedding. Rebecca was in my and Kirk's wedding. So it's really special to have you guys on. I obviously know a lot about you, but would you please introduce yourselves to the listeners? Certainly. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here with you. Um, I am Rebecca Jinky, and... um, I live with my family, uh, Tim and our son, Elijah, who will be three this summer. Um, And we have two dogs um, in North Dakota. I am an instructional coach with uh, the middle school in our town. And I'm here with my husband, Tim. And I am a veterinarian. So together as a family, we like uh, doing a lot of outdoor activities together and hiking and doing all of that and just trying to be as as active as possible. So I met Tim, um, of course, when you guys began dating and knowing each other. And then, of course, the early years of your marriage. And I uh, got to know you when you first started or were in vet school. And so that was a special time too, visiting you guys in Iowa when you were there and (laughs) uh, looking, yes, you showing us and being very excited about all of your uh, like vet school graphic pictures and videos of surgeries (laughs) and (laughs) all of that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But Tim has a, well, you could appreciate that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Tim has a very special gift, and I have on more than one occasion uh, texted them frantically because, like, our dog ate mouse poisoning or this or that. So, yes, thank you. You both have um, really special giftings. And, Rebecca, what's an instructional coach for your school district? Can you kind of explain that? Yes. So, um, I work with teachers um, especially um, and help them kind of hone their craft um, and help them with instruction in their classrooms to positively impact teaching and learning. And prior to that, you were a teacher in the school setting, correct? Yep. Yep. I've been a classroom teacher um, in Lutheran schools and public schools in third through sixth grade. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Let's kind of start at the beginning, I guess, of your story, Um, the beginning of your story with your adoption process, that is. Um, What led you guys to consider adoption, for one? And then what did that conversation look like between the two of you? Sure. So, yeah, with... With that, it was a little bit of kind of an evolved process over time. It wasn't really something that just one day we woke up and bam, we're doing it. Um, When we first got married, we had a lot of, you know, hopes for raising a big family and all of that. And uh, 
you know, thought like every other couple, you start to try to have kids and you just have kids. And it ended up being a, a pretty long struggle for us. And it was kind of in the middle of doing some of our doctoring and trying to figure out what was going on that we kind of were at a crossroads of, you know, what path do we take? And at that point, um, Rebecca's brought up the idea of adoption. And I honestly had never really thought about it before, hadn't really put anything into it. And, and, uh, we really thought about it. We took some time. We thought about it. We prayed about it. And, uh, I don't know. I mostly just needed some time just to think about what adoption would look like and all of that. And at and, that uh, time, it just wasn't our path. Yeah, it really it's wasn't not where we were being led. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and very fortunate for that. Cause now we have our son, Elijah from, you know, from going down some other paths there. And just during, during doing some of that doctoring and everything, the more and more we went through it, the more and more I just felt this calling for adoption. And just the, I mean, the more I thought about it, the more it grew. And I finally got to a point too, where I, I just, one day, I mean, I looked at Rebecca, I was like, we have to adopt. It doesn't matter how many kids we end up like with, like, this is something we need to do. Like, and it is, I don't know, it's unbelievable, like that feeling inside of you of like, a true calling of like, this is, we need to do this, not just, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like, yeah. And I think you only, you only do that when it's a calling, when yeah. the Lord calls you to it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a process that you just, <laughs> well, Josh, you'll need that's to okay. that. Out, but <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> it, it's not a process that's for the faint of heart. It's, it's something that, that you do when you're called to do it. Yeah. And for the, for the faint of heart, you know, I've um, gotten to talk to you guys and be part of this journey just as, as friends. And we'll get into this a little bit more later, but um, witnessing what you've shared with me, the really the ups and downs, the challenges, the uh, hurdles yeah. you've had to um, cross, um, it seems like, you know, only <laughs> by the grace of God and, um, you know, with his help, would it be something that you'd be able mm. to to go through together? Um, Definitely. Tim and Rebecca, adoption is a pretty general term, um, but we can look at, um, you know, different aspects of adoption. I mean, we could do several different episodes on adoption, really. Um, but just briefly, could you kind of walk us through um, what adoption you know, what the options are for adoption, um, how it could look for different families, even for different states, even going through different agencies. What what kind of options are there out there? Yeah, so when we first started the process, we didn't even realize uh, what all our options were. And Tim is really the researcher in our family, and he started to um, dig into um you know, the different paths, um, how this might look for us. And um, in in general, I guess there were kind of three different paths um, going um, within our own state of North Dakota um, or going um, with a domestic adoption um, across the United States or um, an international adoption. Um, and at the time, um, we... Um, just felt we were being led to um, going with a domestic adoption. Um, In-state adoptions, um, they they take quite a bit longer um, to complete. Yep. What did you find? When yeah. You were? So, like our with with our current state, like just to have your application processed would have been like a year wait, 
And then in order to match would have been, I mean, multiple years beyond that. So just didn't really seem like, I mean, you know, with that long of a wait, just adoptions, you know, not, not all that, you know, plentiful in North Dakota or that type of a thing, you know, where we're a lot of wait time there. So that's what kind of led us further down the, down the path. Do you think that's a North Dakota thing or is that like a, like across the boards? I don't know, honestly. And, and now that we're active and we're seeing cases with our kind of domestic adoption, we're really seeing cases from all over the place. So it's not like you see, you know, outrageously more cases from like this state or that state. Um, so it's, I, I, I don't know that answer. Okay. You know. So you have chosen then uh, domestic adoption, but not necessarily within yes. North Dakota. In fact, probably the chances of right. you receiving a child into your home that's from North Dakota is probably very slim than I would expect. Very slim. Yeah. We've yep. seen a number of cases and we haven't seen any from North Dakota. Yep. Domestic, international, in-state. And then can you tell us the difference between uh, open adoption, closed adoption? Is there anything in between those two? Yeah, there's um, a lot of different degrees of openness. Um, Many adoptions now, um, some kind of open adoption is most common now. Um, We have seen very few, maybe one case um, where... Uh, the mama wanted a closed adoption. Um, openness is anything from um, letters to pictures sent, um, exchange of pictures through a platform or exchange through personal email to visits. Um, and it's um, very much like an extended family kind of a relationship, like um like birth mom, not that she would be called an aunt, but kind of like an aunt type of relationship. And um, really, even in some open adoptions, like um, you have her family as a part of your extended family Mm -hmm. as well as that child is uh, somebody else's grandchild, um, you know, also. So varying levels of openness um, and and I think that closed adoptions are pretty few and far between yep. from what we've learned over yep. the past months. And with our little bit of kind of, well, our educational material and our home study and all of that, really an open adoption is far and above the best for the adoptive child as well. You know, knowing who their her, their birth parents actually are and all of that is so much healthier of a relationship as well. And that's, that's really something that we were a little bit, a a little bit, honestly, apprehensive about in the beginning of what exactly does that look like? Is it, I mean, is it kind of co-parenting, so to speak, or what, what does that relationship look like? And it's not, it's It's not not. at all. And the more you learn about it and the more you dig into it, the more like you, you really, I mean, we are going to respect whatever our you know, our, our birth family wants as far as their level of openness, but, but really, I mean, kind of hoping for at least some level of openness, just, you know, it is a lot healthier relationship there. From yeah. what, from what we've seen yeah. and and yeah. some may not be comfortable with that. And that's yeah. not to say that that's, you know, correct. There's yeah. a right way or a wrong way. That's just the way that, yeah. um, that we're we feel at with. this point. Yep. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've done quite a bit of research just on your own. Um, but are you? Who do you receive help from 
throughout this process as far as where, where did you learn about what's healthiest for um, the child in terms of openness with birth parents? I mean, is this a counselor through an agency or are these separate classes you take? Rebecca, what is adoption consultants? Potential adoptive families can work with consultants um, and you don't have to work with a consultant to adopt, but um, when you work with a consultant, um, the consultants really focus on adoptive families and they work with agencies that really focus um, their their energy and their resources towards birth families. Um, and then with a consultant, they um, show your case to a number of different agencies. Um, so we've seen cases from, from uh, many different agencies, yep. not just one. Um, and I guess really the benefits that, that we've seen with that and what we've really enjoyed is um, our consultants have really held our hand through this process. Um, they've helped us with all of the steps along the way. And also they, they truly have focused their time and energy towards us and helped us understand our side of things. Um, and, and we can tell with the cases that we see that the agencies that they work with um, truly are taking great care of these um, moms. So that's, yep. um, we've really appreciated that route and, and it's been the route that's right for us. Yep. Can you take us, I guess, from kind of beginning of, you know, choosing the agency, choosing your adoption consultants, and then through the process of uh, paperwork, and then I heard you mention home studies, kind of a, a kind of step-by-step what it's been like for you. Yes. So um, it started with an application to our consultants. Well, I told you that Tim was the researcher. um, (laughs) And in his research, we did talk on the phone with a few different um, agencies. Um, In all of his research, we found faithful adoption consultants. um, And we talked with them on the phone and um, we uh, talked over and prayed over where, you know, the route we should take. And Anyways, we ended up with Faithful, um, so we applied to them, um, and that was um, kind of an extensive application in and of itself with references and um, narrative responses and um, some financial information, um, and after a couple of weeks, our application was accepted, um, and then I told you that they kind of held our hand, so they gave us a whole list um, of the different paperwork that we needed to collect. Um, so it's that like 32 or 36 different, different items. Yeah. And some of those needed. items had lists. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. A list of lists yeah. of lists. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was, um, like all sorts of different identifying, you know, documents that we just needed to photocopy or get a, um, like a certified copy of, um, we had physicals and Elijah had a physical, <laughs> we had, drug tests. Um, we had to collect information on our financials, background checks, uh, fingerprints. Um, how many pages of questionnaire did we figure out we did? Was it like 40 some pages of narrative responses, um, about our, our lives and the families that we grew up in and, um, our family, um, we also had the home study to complete, which was a, a separate process. Our consultants set us up with um, Catholic Charities out of Bismarck, North Dakota, um, and a social worker um, came out five times to our home um, and did interviews with us and met Elijah. And um, were these announced or unannounced visits? They were all, all announced. Okay. 
Yep. yep. I had a, Tim and I both had separate visits and we had joint visits and Elijah was in the home sometimes and yep. um, sometimes he wasn't. And that home study process really honestly kind of intimidated me at the beginning of it. Like going into that, I was kind of nervous. Like I expected the home study to be like a gotcha, you know, kind of an event is what I was playing it up to be in my <laughs> brain of, you know, oh, you think you're a good person, but actually you're not, you know, or that kind of a thing, you know. And it was so much more about understanding who we were as individuals, understanding who we were as a couple, where we were at in the adoption process. Did we understand what we were getting into? You know, what kind of hurdles could we face in it? And are you prepared to, you know, to face those hurdles and just really... Or even like what supports would you need to be successful? It was really just making sure that we were prepared, you Hmm. know, physically, emotionally for the process and that she could, you know, really, I mean, just help us through it. It was, it was actually, it was a wonderful process. Yeah, And the home study is not about the home. It's about the family. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when I think of what I would have assumed a home study would be, would be like, Oh, coming into your kitchen and I see you didn't do your dishes, you know? (laughs) And that's exactly, we were like running around putting baby locks on things that did not even need to be baby locked and, and making sure every single outlet, even the ones that were way up high had a plug in it and like all these like silly things that like looking back on it, it was like, we spent how long making sure our home was like... Bomb proof wow. when it already was bomb proof because we're first time parents. And, yeah, yeah measuring was, the crib yeah, slats yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like yeah. what a home study yeah. was and is is uh, really a, a supportive role um, for you, yeah. and then a deep dive into exactly. who you are as a family, um, yeah. so that they can help guide you through the, the process better. Exactly. Yep. Wow. And they assigned us a number of educational materials about open adoption and about conspicuous families and um, what else? Just um, bringing a baby home with another child in your home. Yeah. And, uh, Educating that, you know, that adoptive child, you know. What's about, appropriate yeah, at different times. Appropriate, you know, information to share at what stages of life and, you know, all of yeah, just, I mean, a whole whole gamut of information that we had to, you know, do classes on, which were very helpful. At, at the time of recording yeah. this, then, it is almost June of 2021. When did you, yeah. when would you say this process, I guess, technically began for you? It officially began at the end of October of 2020 um, when we applied to our consultants. So we officially went active um, at the end of March. Yep, yeah, end of March. Yeah. So about nine months have passed now. And then where where yeah. are you now? Are you like you've gotten pretty much everything out of the way and now you're in the, the waiting process? Yep. Yes, we're active. We um, When you work with a consultant, you see um, cases of um, expectant moms and and as the potential adoptive family, you say if you want to present your profile, your family to that mom or not. Um, so we see cases every week. We see like two or three each week. Yep. Um, and and we believe that we'll match with who we're supposed to match with. So we say yes to the cases that we see. Um, and, um, and then moms take a look at um, 
Sounds like our consultants have told us that they see around 20 profiles when they sit down and look at families. Um, and they, um, we hear no. <laughs> so far, we've heard no. And um, every no we hear, we know it's another no closer to our mm-hmm. yes. So um, yeah, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting and saving money and saying yes and waiting for our yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, when, when a family or when a, you know, first family says no, we, we get an email that says that they've connected with another family and this is not, no, this is not yet. Yeah. And you're one, you know, which is a good way, you know, a good way to look at it. Yeah. So, but still yeah. has to be really hard in the, in the same yeah. breath. Yeah. Well then is. the timeline for you and your family when do you think, like on average, how long does it take for you to be matched with a family? With this particular agent or um, consultants, consultants, we are, their average time to match is like four and a half months of being active. And their average number of cases that you'll see to match is around 40 to 60. And so far, we're just over 20 cases that we've seen. So we're probably... Roughly halfway there, but we have a couple active cases right now, so it could be tomorrow. <laughs> but it's all in the Lord's yeah, timing. It, it is. truly is. Yeah, wow. Is. Wow. What a leap of yeah. faith, really. And I mean, ever since yeah. March, when you said you went active, I mean, you just got to be sitting on the edge of your seats, like knowing really yeah. any day you could be welcoming yep. a child, a baby, a, a, a new person into your family. Yep. Yeah. We try not to be, but we've been anxious people. Yep. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> what kind well, of obstacles then have you so far come up against? Um, I mean, you mentioned going through the fi- financials and then saving up money. It, I, I'm assuming, but don't want to put words in your mouth that that has to be an obstacle. Um, is that true? And yes. have there been other obstacles? Yes. When we started, we had enough money to apply to Faithful. Okay. <laughs> That's how much we had when yeah. we started. And we, I don't think we really, well, I didn't, I didn't stress about it. I knew that we'd have what we need when we needed mm-hmm. it. And yeah. like, we just believed that like, no, I, nobody can just afford adoption. Like you can't just afford it. Like yeah. <laughs> we knew that we'd have what we need when we need it. And uh, uh, so far we have, we've yeah. had what we needed when we needed it. And Right now, we don't have enough money for any of these cases that we're saying yes to, but we know that it will be fine. <laughs> we know that the Lord will take care of us and our family. Yeah. Can you explain yeah. why yeah. why it's so expensive? Like what what is yeah. entailed, what's needed um, to make these? I mean, we're talking not just thousands, but t- tens of thousands of dollars, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Multiple tens of thousands of dollars. Yep. And that's, that's one aspect that I, I, well, and even with talking with, I mean, just everyday people, you know, about it too, everyone brings, well, why is it so expensive? Well, why is it so expensive? And until you really get into the process, like now I kind of understand like, yes, it is expensive, but there's a lot that goes into it. And, and especially like, you know, making sure that that first family, that birth mom is being taken care of and her needs are met and, I mean, all of the other like lawyer fees that need to be done and all of, you know, all of those things. I mean, it really, none of the cases that we see, you look at it and, and, and say like, well, you know, this is outrageously like, you know, none of this money should be spent or that kind of a thing. It already, I mean, it really seems like it's, 
justified where the money is going to. I said that we've learned a lot through this process. I think we've um, just grown an understanding for that, um, for the cost. Um, you know, it's it's truly money um, put to pro-life use. Yeah. Like it's, it's marketing um, to help women know their that adoption is an option. It's, it's putting up this woman in a home while she's pregnant. Yep. Uh, like, you know, we, we see some cases of, of people who don't have a home and, um, and part of the cost is for that or for, uh, making sure this woman has comfortable clothes to wear while she's yep. pregnant and, yep. um, you know, making sure that she can pay her electric bill, um, and just our empathy for, um, for this expectant mom and expectant moms all over, um, you know, all over the world just has really grown. Mm-hmm. Our empathy for them has really grown. And, yep. and we truly have a love for them that I can't say we had when we started the yep. process just because we didn't know, I guess. Yep. Just so I'm understanding it correctly, then it's it's not only lawyer fees and then are there agency fees connected, yep. agency but it's also fees, caring yeah. for the mother well. She's pregnant, Correct. prenatal care. Okay, I did not yep. realize that. I truly didn't. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have there been other obstacles besides the finances? Yeah, so so definitely. Um, finance is obviously a huge one. Um, the other thing in the very beginning that just kind of slowed us down, which was a smaller obstacle, but the average family takes about three months to go active. It took us a little bit longer than that, closer <laughs> to five months. <laughs> exceptional um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and part of that was just Christmas okay. you know the holiday season being a downtime I mean it seemed like every night we would get home from work we'd eat we'd put Elijah to bed we'd work on adoption stuff until we go to bed and then on the weekends when he was napping we were working on adoption stuff like it really didn't seem like we squandered that time at all. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, it's just such a process. It took yeah, a while. Drug out. <laughs> it really drug out. Yeah. For a while, like it was like, okay, are we ever going to be active? <laughs> like, but, but, you know, yeah. again, all in the Lord's timing, it's all working out. Yeah. The other probably biggest obstacle um, has just been the emotional side of seeing, seeing cases. And I mean, especially the empathy side of things has really, I mean, it's honestly kind of been a little bit of a struggle for me. Like you see all these cases and it's, it's good to see the cases and, you know, and, and all of that aspect, but just, you see what some of these first families and birth moms are going through and just your heart goes out to them. And when you see four cases in a week and it's just, it can be, I mean, it's kind of a toll. Yeah. But, it, yeah. Like empathy overdrive. Yeah. Like you see one challenging thing of one case and you, you know, compound that with a, a challenge of a different case. And, um, you know, they're not all, they're, they're not our, our burden to shoulder. Um, but, but when you see it all at once, it can kind of be a lot to, mm-hmm. to process. Mm-hmm. And we know that when, you know, the case that we match with the Lord will, will give us what we need to be able to, um, to thrive in that case. And we know that, that, you know, the Lord will match us with, where we're supposed to match it just sometimes it's a lot to look at all of it at one time yeah plus i i can imagine you know i'm just speculating here but not only reading those cases and then reading what um the moms are are kind of challenged with just in their individual stories but also Mm -hmm. that 
their stories could in a way turn into part of your story that these children who are right now in their womb could be your child. I mean, so there's like an, uh, uh, an intense connection I would imagine with each case that you read, even if they're not going to, even if they're going to be a no for you. Yeah. That was exactly the case with me. Like every single case I approached it, like, you know, yes, we're going to match to this one. So then your brain is constantly thinking about, okay, so what would be the, you know, the positives there? What would be the challenges that you'd have to try to work through? And then when you're trying to process all of that for multiple cases at a time, you just, you know, it just, it just gets to be so much. It's just, you know, you, I mean, your brain just can't handle that. So your yeah. heart can't handle your heart can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I would imagine then that the support of each other is probably, yeah. you know, what's providing some sanity and some comfort yeah. in, um, in this time. And then also, of course, your faith rooted in Christ and the fact that yes. he has um, this all planned out according to his will. That's got to be comforting mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But I'm curious, yeah. Rebecca and Tim, has this been, have you experienced this journey in different ways in terms of emotions? Rebecca, do you, do you have descriptions of how your emotions have felt throughout this process that are different because you're a mom and you're a woman versus, you know, Tim, how are you experiencing these emotions? You're a dad and a guy. <laughs> yes, but I'm a, I'm a softy. <laughs> so I very much have been way more emotional throughout this process than I expected, um, than I expected to be at all. You know, I expected it to, to not really feel a connection with the case until we match. And then that's our case. And every other case was just a possibility that you don't really get all wrapped up in. And for me, honestly, that was a huge surprise on how, you know, how, how emotional I've been just, I mean, exactly like you said, you know, you wouldn't expect necessarily, you know, the, you know, the guy to be the emotional one, not to stereotype, you know, men and women, gender roles and all of that aspect. But yeah, I have been way more emotional than I expected to, uh, to be throughout this whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely had, had empathy throughout the journey, but I would say I've been less emotional as we've seen cases and a lot more emotionally stable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we take turns. (laughs) Yeah. And that was, that was one aspect during the home study too. We really did like alternate, like I would feel really overwhelmed and she would be the strong supportive one. And then she would be really overwhelmed and I would be the strong supportive one. And we really kind of alternated supporting each other for whatever that person needed at that particular time. So marriage, I guess maybe a three legged stool, really it's, it's you, your spouse and Jesus. So, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe one piece of it that I've had to process that I guess you probably haven't is um, in one of our um, trainings, we learned about, um, it was kind of a new idea for us, but the fact that adoption, while it's a wonderful blessing, is a loss for every party involved. It's There is loss for the child and there is loss for um, the, the first family and there is loss for the adoptive family. And one of the areas of loss that uh, this this training mentioned was, um, you know, you, you're not carrying a child and um, you're not experiencing childbirth and, um, 
And I guess that um, that's just something that's been a little bit challenging for me while we are we are an expectant family right now, um, but it, it looks different. Um, and just as a as a woman, I guess that's a difference. And, and that is a loss for me. I'm very excited about the child that we'll, we'll match with. Um, but that's something that's taken a little bit to process, I guess. Do you have um, other families who have gone before you in this, who've offered advice, other families who've adopted, who've kind of been your support and um, also uh, guided you through this as well? You know, Steph, we haven't really connected with a lot of families who have a um, completed adoption. We have grown friendships with a number of families who are actually in the adoption process right now. Um, And that's been really helpful for, um, there's just some struggles that you can, that you can maybe only say so bluntly to somebody who understands what you're experiencing. Um, And that's been really helpful to be able to have those open conversations and kind of like, unedited, I guess, conversations where, where you can just say what you think because you know that you're, you know, you're in a safe space with somebody who can empathize and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've felt really blessed to connect with those families who are pretty in a uh, pretty similar place. Yep. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that the route can look very different and these families are on, you know, different routes than us, but um, can understand can understand what we're going through and we can understand what they're going through. Are these families in your area, in your state? Yes. Yep. In our area. That's great. Then I mean, I would imagine that you could probably meet in person or have these kind of conversations face to face. That must be extra helpful. It really is. Rebecca and Tim, can you share with the listeners how you are preparing uh, your home space and then also your family, especially Elijah for receiving another child into your family? So um, in preparing our home, as we talked with the social worker who um, helped us with our home study, um, we started talking about what it looked like to um, set our home up for another child. And she really encouraged us to wait until we were matched to um, make it look like we were getting ready for a baby. Um, and I think that's really, you know, maybe that's not for all families, but that's, um, that's really felt right for us. I think it'd be hard for us to have, um, infant things around our home that aren't being used. Um, and, and we don't know, you know, when they will be. I also think it would be confusing for our, um, nearly three-year-old Elijah, um, to, um, see things ready to go, but not, you know, not really know what was going on or that it, it wasn't maybe super real yet uh, for him. So we, um, we talk about adoption a little bit with him, but mostly through prayers. Um, we, we pray with our son every night and um, we pray for expectant moms and we pray for the child that will join our family. And um, we pray for the mom of the child who will join our family. And so that's mostly where he hears us um, talk about adoption. Um, so I guess that's kind of how um, how we've been preparing our home and our family. Yep. And then that'll just continue to grow as we match, you know, then you dive further into, okay, you know, 
we're going to be adopting a child, you know, they're going to be coming into our home and then helping him. You know, that's the one thing our, our counselor really talked to our social worker really talked to us about is having him involved in the process as well can really help out. Uh, she also gave us some references for some good books on adoption and all of that. That's more geared towards, I guess, the adoptive child and letting them, you know, understand and kind of process what adoption is. But, you know, Elijah being involved in those books as well, I think will be, you know, really beneficial for him also. And that's a cue really for everyone listening that, um, you know, these prayers aren't just for sweet little Elijah to speak, but it's really for the whole church to be speaking on behalf of yeah. um families like you and um, the uh, birth parents, um, how sweet that he can set an example for us as adults to remind uh, us to keep these people in our prayers. So speaking of, then how have um, your family members, friends, even your, your local church been able to support you through this process besides simply praying for you? Well, certainly prayers. I think um, along with prayers, kind of the first way that we asked for support was um, through letters of reference. We asked a number of family members and friends and co-workers um, to, and our pastor to write references for us. Um, our Most of our applications have needed um, different references. So um, to our consultants and for our home study and to the grants that we've applied for, um, those have all needed references. So our family and friends um, really supported us in a tangible way by writing those for us and by talking on the phone for some of our um, references, answering, you know, writing out answers to questionnaires. Um, I think another way that we've really been supported is um, people family and friends who really listen. Um, there's kind of a lot that we're processing right now. And, um, and we're learning that things are different for children who are adopted. And um, there are different areas where some sensitivity is needed. And um, as we're kind of processing that and trying to understand it and kind of trying to prepare our family and people that we're around often for that, um, just that listening has been, um, we really appreciate that. Yep. Um, yeah, it, that I it, it really seems, I mean, throughout this whole process, we have just felt such overwhelming support. Like we, we feel so incredibly blessed by the level of support that we've felt from our friends and family in our, in our church. Um, it kind of seems like with, with it, you're always asking and you're always asking and you're asking more and you're always asking. And it is a very humbling experience to have people just openly give. And yes, I'm going to do what you need. And I know I already asked you for this, but can we have this? Yes, gladly. Like it is a, a very humbling, humbling process there with, with all the support we've had throughout it. Um, do you want to speak about our both hands project? We've had an outpouring yeah. of support with that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So we're doing a, a fundraising project to help um, uh, um, help fund our adoption. Um, the organization is called Both Hands. You um, plan a service project for a widow in your community. And as part of that service project, you send out, um, you and your core team send out pledge letters asking people to, um, you know, sponsor your service day for this, this widow in need. 
Um, all of the funds that get pledged go towards our adoption. Um, and then you also ask area businesses for donations and everything to complete the service project. And it's it's really a way to bless someone and be blessed in return. And that has been um, quite a bit of work. We have our project next weekend, um, so it's coming up pretty quick. And, uh, I mean, the level of support that we've seen through that is like it's humbling, so humbling, <laughs> like there, there aren't the right words to thank people for the level of support that like, it just feels like there should be a bigger word than thank you <laughs> that you can tell people for, for that. It has been a true, I mean, a true blessing. And it's been just, I mean, such a wonderful experience so far. And we haven't even completed the project yet. We've had people give donations, um, of money for our adoption. We've had people send supplies from, Arkansas and Iowa wink, wink. and yeah, <laughs> um, we have um, a professional landscaper that's a friend of ours coming in and helping us um, plan and execute that piece at Miss Edith's house next weekend. We have a professional painter that we're friends with who's coming in and and leading our team with the painting. Um, we we just we've been so supported and. Uh, you know, I some people are probably more private than we are with their adoptions. And I just, I don't think that we would have been able to do the whole process without, um, you know, being open about what we have going on and um, ways that we could really use help. And it's, um, yeah, like Tim said, we're kind of asking for help all the time and it's very humbling, but it's just, we felt so supported and just like, We've been lifted up by our friends and family, yep. and um, it's wonderful. Yep. I will tell you, just from my perspective, it's also a blessing to be brought into this process, too. I mean, you're looking at it from a receiving end, but in a sense, I'm looking at it from a receiving end, too, of getting to be part of um, this story, getting an opportunity to um, pray for you, pray for this child, pray for Elijah, um, and then also to, you know, know what's going on and um and knowing helps with knowing how to then help um financially and and otherwise and it's good to have friends like painters and you know contractors and (laughs) landscapers (laughs) right yeah yes Yes, it is Tim and Rebecca, how has your Christian faith influenced the way that you're approaching this adoption process I think the biggest thing is that, like, we don't know how it's all going to work out. And um, a year ago, we wouldn't have thought that this is where our family would be. But we, like, we truly believe that God's plans will prevail. Yep. Uh, we we trust that the case that we're to match with is uh, the, the child that we're meant to raise. And um, we just, we trust that the Lord's plans are are good and that that the Lord is with us through this and has plans for our family. Yep. Very much. So it's, I mean, that's probably the hardest part of not even in an adoption process, but just in life, or at least for me, like giving up control, you know, and, and I'm a planner and I'm a researcher. So I just want to know, and I just want to know, and that whole process of just giving up control to, Hey, this is going to work. And and we're going to, you know, open up the doors that the Lord opens and, and all of that. I mean, that really, without without faith and, and f- believing what we believe, you know, I think it would feel like a way, 
way different process and a way more stressful process than it is just, you know, knowing that it's all going to work out really. There's no choice but to be still and know that there you go. God is in control and yeah. he has mm-hmm. us yeah. and he has our family. Exactly. Well, that was, and he's worked. That was my next question. Has there been a scripture that's yeah. been especially comforting or encouraging to you? I'd say that's really mine. That that really speaks to me is just, you know, in Psalms, just be still and know. And even just that little phrase there, just knowing that, okay, yep, he has us, you know, we, you know, it's all going to work out. And for me, it's uh, the, my cup overflows from Psalm 23. Like, um, I think Tim mentioned earlier, we've just always envisioned like a big, lively, active family that fills a home and um and that's been really challenging for us to to have and um and even through that we have an overflowing cup and Mm -hmm. the lord um has greatly blessed us Mm -hmm. um so i guess that's been another scripture that's um that's brought me um peace i guess knowing that what is is what is supposed to be yep and it's a blessing. And finally, what piece of encouragement would you give um, to families who are considering adoption? And then what is one piece of encouragement you would give to those who are supporting families going through adoption? To potential adoptive families, um, I guess just what we were talking about, um, give up control. God will finish what he started. <laughs> And God's plans will prevail and do a whole lot of learning along the way because there's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, but it's a wonderful calling. Tim, what about you? If, if an adoptive family asks you, and again, we have not really been turned down. I mean, when we've asked for support, we've gotten su- for support. But really, if an adoptive family is approaching you for support in their adoption, it's because you truly mean something to them. Um, and they want to bring you in on this journey. And they also, you know, truly need your help. Like as you, as you kind of already talked about Steph, you know, feeling like it's a blessing on your end as well. I, I can kind of, you know, see that like the people that we've asked for support and all of that are like, they are people that we deeply yeah, love and, and we part think of highly of them. Know, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. a part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, Adoption is a way to extend your, you know, your family into, again, the first family talking about that. And as well, bringing everyone into this fold, it just feels like such a huge just community effort where everyone is involved in it. And it's just, I don't know, it's been a really neat experience. So get involved if you have an adoptive family, you know, and that you know of and and it'll be a, I mean, it'll be a great blessing. Yeah, get involved. That would be, I guess, just from from this perspective here, um, an encouragement to people because Christ uh, calls the church to care for um, the orphans, to care for the widows. Um, and that's a charge for the entire church. And so it may not look like... Um, you know, like your story, but everyone is supposed to be a part of that story in whatever way that that looks. Um, prayers, financially supporting families going through adoption, uh, supporting agencies that help families um, connect with with birth families, all of that, the church should be a part of that in some way. So that would be my encouragement to listeners. I think that's great. I was just thinking another piece of advice, um, 
to people who are supporting adoptive families just to listen. Um, the family who's looking to adopt is really processing a lot, and that listening is just so invaluable, and it's um, very appreciated. Hmm. What does that look like? Is that phone conversations? Is that, uh, yeah. for you, is that like face-to-face conversations, or have you received support even from people that are, you know, far, far away from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've connected in all the ways that you've mentioned, we've connected with people that we didn't even know. And now we have, you know, conversation threads going and like a digital messaging format. Um, So it's, it's amazing how um, the Lord can use other people and other circumstances really to, um, I guess, personally, that he's been able to speak to us in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really a blessing. Yeah. And that's also kind of an interesting point here as well. Like, we kind of talked about, you know, when we started adoption, do we open this up, you know, to the to the world, so to speak, or do we try to take this on as our own burden? And we both really felt like, okay, this is something that we need to open up and, and be transparent about. And it is really, really interesting, the connections that we've been able to make with people that we never would have been able to make by opening this up mm-hmm. and being, you know, being somewhat transparent. There still are things that are only for Rebecca and I, you know, and you can't be 100% transparent. Um, but that ability to, to open it up and, you know, open up the conversation really has been a great blessing in our lives. And and really we've made some great connections with people that we never would have done if we wouldn't have shared our story. Mm. Rebecca and Tim, thanks so much for, for being on, you know, you mentioned your um, agencies and then the uh, adoption consultants that you're working with. And for anyone listening who is interested in getting more information, uh, we have a website for you. You can visit the LCMS website, um, searching RSOs, Recognized Service Organizations, um, specifically Lutheran Family Service, or you can go onto the RSO site for the LCMS. They have a directory there, and you can search by keyword adoption. Uh, that website is lcms.org slash RSO. Rebecca and Tim, it was a pleasure to talk to you. And thanks so much to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. Which, speaking of upcoming episodes, they drop the second and fourth Fridays of every month. And finally, do you want to know how to get in touch with us? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that introduces listeners to life issues by introducing them to friends who stand for life. Mm-hmm.